0: kingdom but they don't want god in it yeah i went with nothing nothing but the thought of you
1: From the mecca of mormonism salt lake city utah this is heart of the matter where mormonism meets biblical christianity face to face i'm sean mccraney your host if you have family or friends who can't watch the show live on television have them go to www.hotm.tv hotm.tv they can watch the show live streaming video And then, of course, you can access our archives that hold all the shows we've done since 2006. That's a total of 126 hour-long shows of pure entertainment and information. So have them click on there. You can download them, watch them for free. It's fun. Um, We used to have an audience, uh, a girl who would come and sit in our audience named Erica Nelson. She moved recently to Alaska and uh, went hiking five days ago and has not been found. So I would just like you to remember Erica Nelson in your prayers, that the searchers will find her uh, prayerfully uh, alive and healthy, missing five days. Uh, Let me give you another quick tutorial on our web locations. Uh, As the ministry has grown, we've had to expand our website. So let me just tell you, we have hotm.tv and that is where you can go and find out about the show, streaming video, our past shows, as I said, and event information associated with Heart of the Matter. We have Born Again Mormon, the website, bornagainmormon.com, and the function's there. Or you can pick up the book, I Was a Born Again Mormon, uh, What is a Born Again Mormon, What Our Faith and purposes? and About Alethea Ministries. That's the parent of ministry. And then there's Lord's Word. Lord'sWord.org, and you can find out our service times and locations, our directions, special events, and sermon audio uh, features that are going to be there soon. So, just to give you a refresher on about the website and how to get to it. All right. Last week. Oh wait. Before I do that, we got to get a shot of this audience. They, everybody, just raise your hands. Look at these guys. There. You can scream if you want. We got a youth group from Acton, California. We have. Uh, uh, they got kicked out of Temple Square today. I, I, they're rowdy as heck. Actually, they're not. They're good Christian kids, and they're probably just sharing the Lord Jesus Christ, which will get you booted out of uh, Temple Square any day of the week. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. And uh, so it's good to have them here. Last week, believe it or not, I made an error. And uh, we were talking about seven methods that people and groups use to reach the LDS, These methods were, first, the it's all good method, then the argumentation or intimidation or ridicule method. Then we had the silent modeling method that I recommended that Christians do when they're married to somebody who's LDS. Just be a good, strong Christian who loves and shows by example as well as information. We had number four, the shock and awe method, the information without condemnation method, the truth and love, compassionist compassionate boldness method and finally our method. Well, I made a mistake with the truth in love and compassionate boldness method because what I did was I took two methods that kind of sound similar to me in their approach, but they're not similar at all. And I apologize to those in uh, in truth in love. They're the ones who go out to the uh, temple square and they hand out at General Conference, glasses of water, and they say, God bless you, God bless you, and the Mormons take it, and they say, thank you, thank you, and nothing really much else gets done from that. And then the compassionate boldness, I lumped in with them, and I shouldn't have, and I apologize to compassionate boldness people because they do share information boldly, But compassionately with the LDS, they don't back off on the truth and they aren't afraid to share what the facts are about Mormonism. And so I apologize uh, uh, for that. Uh, Sandra Tanner of Utah Lighthouse Ministry sent me an email and corrected me. So actually, compassionate boldness should fit under the information without condemnation method. And I hope this clarification and apologies does some good. I Was a Born-Again Mormon. It's the book that uh, started this thing. If if you want a better insight in what it really means to be born again, whether you're currently LDS or a Christian or, or not LDS, doesn't matter, pick up a copy. It's available at Calvary Chapel uh, Bookstore in Costa Mesa, California. LifeWay Christian Bookstores in Salt Lake City, Utah. Utah Lighthouse Ministry. You go to utlm.org, of course. New Life Christian Store in Layton, Gift of Grace in Springville, Christian Gift and Bible in Sandy, Calvary Chapel, Salt Lake City, Amazon.com, and of course our website at www.bornagainmormon.com. And please patronize your local Christian bookstores or ministries to buy the book if you can. It's the lifeblood of their ministry. It helps keep them going in their work, so help them out. If you really can't afford the book or if you refuse to pay for it but want to read it, you can always come to us at Born Again Mormon, and we will uh, we'll help you along with that. By the way, we're having a book signing on July 28th at New Life Christian Store in Layton from 6 to 8 p.m., You can go to www.bornagainmormon.com to find out more information about that. Now listen, this is a special announcement. I have a couple. This is kind of a house cleaning show, so I'm, I'm getting rid of all the stuff that we've been piling up. If you have received Jesus in your life, you've been born again and have left Mormonism as a result, whether you've physically taken your name off or physically left, we would like to interview you. Now don't be afraid, if you're afraid of your neighbors seeing you, we'll put a disguise on or blue your face or model your voice or something, but we want to interview you on this set. We're going to do it on July 14th, that's a Monday. We're going to be interviewing people from uh, 9am to 6pm all through the day. All you have to do is show up, don't be shy. Uh, You can go to hotm.tv for directions to the station and instructions on who you can call if you have questions. Remember, your testimony about how you came to know the Lord and have become a Christian uh, can influence a generation of people. You never know. So please step out of your comfort zone and show up on Monday, July 14th, 9 a.m., 6 p.m. And we're just going to take first come, first serve. We're going to do a 10, 15 minute interview with me. I'm going to ask you questions. You share your story. And uh, if you make any big mistakes, we can edit it right out. So don't worry about that. Join us. All right. More information, go to the website. All right. How's your participation in Project Abandoned Ship coming? We got a couple of emails this last week that talked about it. This one says, it's from the B family. I'm not giving their name. We sent a letter to the Mormon church today, notarized and sent a priority mail. We asked them to release the names of our children too. We will keep in touch to let you know the response. Thank you for the detailed information. We have other people who said thank you for the information on uh, Mormon No More uh, and on utlm.org and also on our website. You can find out information about how to leave the church. Listen, listen to this one. Uh, An email from Carolyn, my daughter died one year ago, and I thank God she is a Christian. My family are all LDS. I just received a phone call that my entire family are having a get together in Idaho to do Lori K's temple work, my deceased daughter. I told my daughter-in-law who made the call not to do that because Lori was a a Christian who attended Calvary. She said, quote, well, we are taking care of that. I told her that I should have a say in this matter, and she said, You will never have another word of say in my family. I know it doesn't mean anything, but just the idea that I will never have a thing to say about my old children is breaking my heart. Will this new life in Christ always be so difficult? Carolyn added in this email to abandon ship. She said that had her daughter, before she passed away, taken her name off the records of the church, these people could never go in and add salt to the injury of her early uh, passing. So uh, just something to think about. Okay, uh, one more announcement. We're going to hold a northern Utah open water baptism on Saturday, July 12th at 4 p.m. We've already had at least 10 people state that they're going to come to this. It's going to be a river, very cold water baptism, but it will be fun. Afterward, uh, we are going to meet at a beautiful home and have food, fellowship, and fun. Uh, We ask, the only questions we ask at these open water baptisms is relative to your faith and commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior of your life. It's not you're not joining a church. You're not joining a denomination. You're joining the body of Christ through baptism. Make Saturday, July 12th your day to publicly share with the world that you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord, Savior and King. And with that, let's have a prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this airtime. We thank you for our staff and for the audience and for the people at home. Lord, we pray that you will be with us. Help me to say what you want me to say and answer the things as you want me to say them. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna open up the phone lines right now. I'm gonna go through and I'm answering a whole bunch of emails and showing you different clips of things, etc., etc. Now, uh, e- phone number 801-973-TV20, 801-973-8820. I have a whole bunch of email here, so I want to invite up Margaret. Margaret was a studio audience member uh, that some of you who have watched over the years watched a light fall down upon Margaret. So she's gotten out of her wheelchair and neck brace, and I'm, I'm having her come up, and she's going to mix up these um these emails so that I'm not sure because we want to keep the spontaneity going. Of course, I've read them, but still, I don't know which one's gonna come up first and it will help us with the show. Thank you, Margaret, glad glad to see that you've recovered.
0: Thank
1: you. Number one, this was in um, the City Weekly, an article about the Deseret News is laying off for the first time in their history, 35 editorial positions. It says the LDS owned church, Deseret News, has never in its history engaged in mass layoffs. Most media observers have figured the healthy subsidy from the church would always keep the paper chugging along. Along with broadcasting giant KSL, the Deseret News has been a key media property propaganda tool for the church in regard in reaching and influencing its members. Well, they interviewed the head of Deseret News and he said. Uh, This isn't the death knell. He said, quote, we will become more local, more online, and more Mormon. More Mormon? If you're Christian and you're paying subscription fees to the Deseret News, cancel them. They're going to become more Mormon. Cancel this newspaper. How can you become more Mormon in that paper? I don't know. But uh, if it's possible, they're going to try to do it. Cancel that subscription, make them lay off more, and don't let them have this power of the media over the people of this state. Okay, next email. This is from a guy named Nomad. He says that he went on to an LDSchat.com website, and he posted something that he learned on our show. What we did was we showed the name of some cities in the New York area that were alive and well when Joseph Smith was alive, and how those names found their way into the text of the Book of Mormon. He posted this on there, and he said they banned him from the site. He says, quote, they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want any LDS member to hear the truth. It's a sad thing. So we get all kinds of complaints about how I hang up on LDS apologists when they start trying to muddy the waters and all this stuff. And I just want you to know the LDS church does the very same thing. This is from Richard. He says, thank you for suggesting UTLM website so that I could enhance my understanding of the shaking foundations on which Mormonism is based. And then he gives me a quote from Martin Luther. It says, quote, The first and chief article is this, Jesus Christ. Our God and Lord died for our sins and was raised again for our justification. He alone is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and God had laid on him the iniquity of us all. All have sinned and are justified freely without their own works and merits by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ in His blood. This is necessary to believe. This cannot be otherwise acquired or grasped by any work, law, or merit. Therefore, it is clear and certain that the faith alone justifies us. Nothing of this article can be yielded or surrendered even though heaven and earth and everything else fails. A great quote by Martin Luther. I'm going to skip these two. I told you I'm doing them out of order, but I'm going to hold them for last. Uh, From the United Kingdom in Wales, we have a man who is Catholic, writes that when he meets with the LDS missionaries, what he does is he brings up how the Book of Mormon converts people to the community of Christ, not to the Mormon church. And he asked the missionaries about this. He says, If you use this Book of Mormon and it's supposed to bring you to the truth, how come the uh, Community of Christ Church in Missouri uses it and people read it and they join the Community of Christ? How do you answer that? It's just another tool in your quiver to use when you're talking to the LDS. The Book of Mormon doesn't just convert people to Mormonism. It converts people to the FLDS, polygamy. It converts people to the Community of Christ. All these other religions, it converts people to. So there is no... um, lock on the Book of Mormon and the influence it has. I thought that was an interesting thing. We're going to show you a video clip from YouTube. It's been out for quite a while, and somebody sent it to me, and I hadn't watched it all the way through. It's about five and a half minutes long, but it's very interesting because what it does is it shows two LDS missionaries attempting to talk to this guy who looks like a gangbanger uh, in Georgia, but he's actually a Christian pastor. And they set the, they set the missionaries up And the the thing I want you to see, it's a little uneasy. When I watch it, I get a little bit uneasy because I think a fight's going to break out at any moment. But the thing to watch is watch the LDS missionaries and who they say they represent, what they say they represent, and then listen to them as they are cornered by this guy who is intimidating and then what they say in the end. Okay, so let's go to that clip right now. How are you doing? doing? Doing Well. Okay. We're representatives of Jesus Christ. We go around preaching about Jesus Christ, oh, really? his teachings, and how they can how they can bless our lives. I wonder if y'all would be interested in learning more.
0: Well, I mean, interested in learning more? Yes. It's oh. possible.
2: Jesus Christ set up his church and gave that authority back in his name, that priesthood authority, to the apostles. When the apostles went on top of people right. and established it's the church. Right. But because people rejected Christ's teachings and the teachings of the apostles, then eventually Fell away into a standard of okay,
3: but that that's process. that's where I disagree. That's where I disagree because you said the people rejected Jesus Christ, um, and his teachings. Every,
4: not everyone. Yeah, you but you that, that's that's
3: the way he, you know. That's what yeah, I mean. The people oh, okay. at that time. No, not everybody at that you time. Not, not everybody. Think by right, obviously right. See,
0: there was rejection
3: there. We don't mean No, right. I'm not denying. Re- I'm not denying the rejection, but I'm denying the fact that he
1: said the people rejected. Yeah. Well, well enough people rejected that they did something about it, and obviously, was justified, died and resurrected. Yeah. So
3: I mean, I mean, the, the, when you talk about the crucifixion, we're talking about the, the, the death penalty of the state, which was the Roman Empire, um, the same way you got the death penalty here in America. So, I mean, are we, well, we condemning Rome as a whole when we talk about the crucifixion, when we talk about who's responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, or are we just talking about the people that didn't accept his message? We don't
1: condemn
3: anyone because that's the place. No, well, no, I understand that, but according to what he just said,
1: what he just said, no, but listen, it. I
3: mean, can I get a word in? What he just said was that when the people rejected Christ, so I mean, the scriptures tell you he that believeth not is condemned already. So I'm going according to basically what you guys say. I'm not accusing you of condemning yeah. anybody. But when you said when the people rege- rejected him, the way the Bible reads, once you reject and don't believe, you are condemned. So what I'm saying is the crucifixion, the Roman Empire that crucified him, yeah. that had that penalty of death, mm-hmm. um, are those are the ones that condemned or is just the ones that rejected him? That's my question. Good question. Good question. I, well, I thought you guys Christ. was here to teach. What All else is it? The Book of Mormon. Okay. It's a card. Why would I take that? The scripture says that, you know, if anybody comes into your house and, and don't bring the correct book, that you're not supposed to bid them God speak. So I mean, why would I take the Book of Mormon? We're sitting here talking about the Bible, you're pushing on me the Book of Mormon.
2: Because it testifies of oh, Jesus Christ.
3: But don't the Bible testify of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. So then why do I need the Book of Mormon?
2: That so you oh, know so God's
3: God words to go need proper. to be God's word is weak. It needs to be strengthened by the Book of Mormon. Well, because people can take the Bible right. and twist it And they can't take the Book of Mormons and twist it? No, because
2: the Book of Mormons talks <laughs> about the Bible.
3: Okay, so the Book of Mormons has more virtue than the Bible. Sir. I just asked, I'm just asking, I'm wondering. I understand.
1: And we're not here to talk about it all night long like this. this oh really? Well you was here to talk about it all
3: night long before you knew I knew the scriptures. No, sir. Then you come up on your bike riding saying, Are you ready to learn something? Now you're ready to go, huh? Sir. Wow is that what you guys about? When you run into somebody that, that you can't really Do you want this or not? oh now you're dictating what's going on. No I don't want it. I think I made that clear. You know I don't want that. What you should want to know is the fact that you are in something that is not divinely inspired by God. It has no authority by Jesus Christ. This is the reason the scripture says in the book of Luke chapter 21 verse 15. This is how you know who Christ ordained. He said I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries shall be able to gang say nor resist you guys can't come against anything that I'm saying everything that no you've been shut down a minute. everything hey, that I've been saying to me? you speaking listen over talking is not going to get you nowhere <laughs> being angry is not going to get you nowhere I mean we had a discussion we have a discussion here. I don't need to stop and listen to you the bottom line is I asked you questions that you couldn't answer you clearly said I don't know on tape I mean it's not like I'm lying to you guys Christ said I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries shall be able to gainsay nor resist I have that mouth. That's why you're feeling the way you're feeling right now. Your only reaction is to get angry and to get frustrated and to be evil. That's your only reaction. You don't want to deal intelligently and diplomatically with the Word of God. The scripture says that the servants of the Lord must not strive. Why argue about it? If we all believe in the Bible, shouldn't we agree? Can two walk together except they agree? What has to happen here or what's happening is somebody must not be believing the Bible. Especially if you're getting upset about a conversation about the scriptures. You must really don't believe. Now, could that be it?
1: Are you asking Sir. me, if, or are you telling me what I, do I No,
3: no, what I'm asking, and what I'm trying to figure out is, is common sense. If we all have a common ground and we believe in the Bible, then should anybody be upset? <laughs> we're, supposed to be have, we're supposed to be having a wonderful conversation about the Bible because we all believe in the Bible. We all believe in Jesus Christ. But evidently and obviously, some of us are lying about who we really believe in some of us really believe in joseph smith Mm -hmm. and they really don't believe in jesus that's why when you preach jesus they get upset and say sir listen to me and try to dominate the conversation because they can't talk diplomatically and righteously about jesus christ because you have not so learned christ if you have learned christ and have been taught by christ as the truth is in christ then you will know what the bible is all about but you don't know that sir you don't, man. you don't, how can you, well, how can you say an empty statement like that? What did I say that shows you that I do not know anything about right, Jesus? hang on, stop. Yes. Oh, you're done. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Good night, it's
2: good to meet you.
3: Yeah, it's good to meet you too. But you can't bid somebody that don't believe in Jesus Christ God's feet. I know
2: that Justice Smith is
3: Okay,
1: I, I don't care what Pokemon you know, true.
3: sir. This conversation <laughs> is over.
1: It was pretty classic, and it's the kind of the conversations they hit you, when they're looking for the unsuspecting folk. They thought the guy standing there in the, in the Burger King parking lot was a gangbanger who didn't know anything, and they just came up, and, sir, we are representatives of Jesus Christ sharing a message about Jesus Christ. And they use him as a hook, and they get you in there, and then they teach you everything but Jesus Christ, as was evidenced by them, because they had nothing that they could say except bear their testimony of, sir, I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet. I mean, that's how they always end. It's amazing, and that was a great uh, great display of that. Listen, I'm going to intersperse between the emails and the calls because the people have been waiting for a while. We're going to go, Neil, first-time caller from Salt Lake City. Neil, you're on Heart of the Matter.
0: Hi, John. Hi, Neil. Yeah, just talking about uh, the uh, your book you want to sell. Why do we need that? If we've got the Bible. You don't. I know. So, just like the Book of Mormon, we don't
1: need that. So why do you want to sell it? Well, For uh, money or what? Uh, you know what? I, we, we get the book out into people's hands because a lot of people, when they read the Bible... They understand what it's saying, but they don't understand it in maybe as clear form, and they need a little help along. And then once they read something else, they get back to the Bible. They understand it better. It's just a help. It by no means will do anything magical. And uh, we sell it because it costs us money to print it, but we've given away probably uh, three-quarters of the books compared to the amount we've sold. So if you want to look at the books, you can. I don't even have to justify it. We've given so many away from this show. But it really is to help people understand what it means to be in the LDS Church and to come to know the Lord as a Latter-day Saint, and then what do you do with it?
0: Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a Latter-day Saint either.
1: No, it doesn't. You know, No, it doesn't at all.
0: Uh, the, the baptism, uh, you know, I don't really understand what you're doing
1: there. We're putting people under the water. That's that's what baptism is, and what we're doing is people come forward who aren't really connected to a church yet, or maybe don't want to be connected to a church through that ordinance. They just want to come and make a public profession of their faith in Jesus Christ and their willingness to make him the the sovereign Lord and King of their life. So they come forward, and we have some water, and we ask them questions. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? that
0: in their face, or you dip them?
1: Uh, we dip them traditionally, but we we have we've had occasions where we had one man that was different. Mormon dip- Church dips them, or what? What's that? Is that kind of like the Mormon Church dips them? Mormon Church, uh, they do baptize. Are they dip by, them. They baptize by immersion. They dip them. Huh? Yeah. And so, so do other churches. Who who, who makes them people uh, uh, blessed? To, uh, uh, the liquor store is in Utah. Who uh, makes them blessed to baptize somebody? I don't know, my friend. But listen, your call is really entertaining. We're going to move on, and thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to John in Salt Lake City. John, you're on Heart of the Matter.
0: Hey, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing well, John. How are you?
0: Just great. Uh, my question is concerning the baptizing in the Mormon faith of Dead people and I don't
1: understand the concept
0: and, yeah uh, wouldn't it deal directly with their free agency while they were alive
1: well uh, I'm, you, will you listen on the air and we're gonna hang up line four? Okay. all right John thank you uh, the, the LDS believe that baptism is necessary actual water baptism is necessary to enter into heaven they believe that it is the gateway. They believe that it is spiritual rebirth. It's the beginning of spiritual rebirth. And then as you go back to church every Sunday throughout your life as a Latter-day Saint and you take what they call the sacrament, you renew the covenants you made when you were eight years old at baptism and they call that the pro- the process of spiritual rebirth. Um, what they believe... It- is that people who have died without a chance to hear about the gospel, the true Mormon gospel, they say, is they are taught that gospel in the afterlife, and then if they accept it, they have people here on earth in bodies physically baptizing others in their name, and they call it baptism for the dead. So... Uh, usually it's the teenagers, they go to the temple, they get a special to pass from their bishop, and they go to the temple and they'll get a person's name and they'll baptize him in the name of uh, Jim Jones. Boom, no pun intended. Or David Koresh, boom, no pun intended. And so, and they just baptize people for that. And then if the person who has died, Jim Jones in the yonder, believes it, he has that baptism done for him and he can go on into the eternities. It's taken from a very uh, vague passage in the scripture and when we get to that we'll talk about uh, how that passage should be interpreted. Okay, before we go to Robert in Salt Lake City, this is an email. It says Joseph prophesied that the church would fill North and South America. It would fill the world. Which church is doing that on earth today but the Mormon Church. Well, I want to uh you I want you to think about an article that was in the Salt Lake Tribune Uh, one of the LDS uh, uh, church leaders, uh, Merrill Bateman, estimated that two-thirds of the LDS church membership, which is 13 million people, two-thirds are inactive. So that would mean four million people worldwide are active Latter-day Saints. With 300 million living in America, that doesn't sound like it's filling North and South America at all. 300 million relative to four million active. But let's say just for argument's sake, that Mormonism does fill the whole world. Let's say that it fills and it just gets the the preponderance of people to join that church. It doesn't make it right. If you look at communism, it outweighs the free world market over and over. The major countries of the world, China and Russia and all all those that have been communism, it outweighs the free capitalistic market. Does it make it right? So numbers have never been the thing that make it right with God. In fact, most of his his stories in the Bible deal with small numbers of people affecting great numbers of people, not great numbers of people taking over the world. He knows that Revelation talks about how the church is at times going to be weak and small and difficult, but still the truth will press on, and those who have ears to hear and those who have eyes to see will find it. We hope it's you. All right, let's go to Robert in Salt Lake City on Line 1. Robert, you're on Heart of the Matter.
2: Hello, John. How are
1: you tonight? Hello, Robert. I'm fine. How are you?
2: Real well, thank you. Excellent. I just want to mention a couple of shows. Uh, There's a Sunday evening show hosted by a Mormon by the name of Van Hale, and he will allow people like myself to call in the show, and he won't hang up on me and so forth. But that's really the exception. And also, there's another morning show uh, hosted by – uh, what's his name? He's he's on in the morning. Um, can't think of his name right now, but he's hung up on me several times. I've tried to be respectful, polite, and informative. And Bob Lonsbury—that's his name, Bob Lonsbury—and he'll he'll just hang up on you, uh, on me at least. And you know, it, it, it's funny how my point is—it's interesting how Mormons who are in the media who host shows and so forth—they uh, they typically do not accept calls from Christians. They don't want to deal with the issues, they're, they're afraid, and they're, they're, they're uh, uh, politically chicken, and they won't deal with issues. And at least you have the courage to take calls and, and take answer sensitive questions and subjects, deal, dealing with subjects, and so I appreciate it. And the, the point is, it's typically Mormons will not deal with the issues when they're in the media, and they won't face the facts. And, and I'm glad that you do. So it's funny, they're, they're, they, they're accusing you of what they themselves are guilty of.
1: Awesome, Robert. Thank Thanks you. Good luck, su-
2: John. Have a good night.
1: Thanks for the support. Bye bye. Uh, you know, you'll notice that, uh, oh, he's so right. They just turned a blind eye to uh, anything that you have. And remember the story I told about trying to give the lady my book in the store, and she thought, you know, you know I was the exorcist or something. She just freaked out. And now we have those interactions all the time. You don't see equal time shared in the LDS church. You can't get up at the pulpit and speak unless you're LDS. Uh, You can't uh, go to General Conference and speak unless you're LDS, and yet they expect this open, free dialogue with the Christian community. Let us into your Christian churches, and let us talk to you about how we're Christian, and let's do this open dialogue, and yet you try to go in as a Christian and talk to them. It isn't going to happen. All right, let's go uh, to another email here. This is from uh, the Midwest, from Brian. He says his uh, son was working on a school project depicting the life and times of Chinese. Chinese Chinese that's a new new one Chinese immigrant laborers who helped build railroads across the US and they started talking about the project and he said that in the school they had assigned that every kid was going to cover a different people group that were immigrants to the nation like the Africans the Irish the Mormons and so on and uh, he says he jumped up and he said the Mormons immigrants And and the son said, yeah, they were immigrants. They had to immigrate all over because they were persecuted so badly. And he had to let them know that that is not uh, immigration. That's migration. Immigration is a people group that comes over from another part, another country in the world, and comes to this country. Migration is when you move around. Like, I migrated from here to Utah once when I went to college, and then I migrated back. So... uh, The LDS will do anything to try to put themselves as this persecuted people group that have suffered so much at the hands of other Christians and and non-believers alike. Now, one more thing while I'm on that note. They build up this persecution thing from going way back to Missouri like no other. I don't think you can count on two hands, maybe three hands, how many Mormons have been killed for their religion. I I don't even think it's more than 10 hands. Somebody prove me wrong. How many Christians have died because they have said, Jesus is the Lord of my life? Boom. Millions. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. You'll see millions. And you don't hear the Christians walking around saying, look how persecuted we've been. These guys have built an entire sub-industry on the persecution they've received. They wear it like a badge and they walk around and expect to be treated just with so delicacy because they've been persecuted so much. Ten people maximum. It's too many. But still, nothing compared to the Christian church. Okay, let's go to Joy in Ogden. Joy, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi, Sean. Hi, Joy. Um, I
5: wanted to know if you have, in your book, because I've been trying to find it, a comparison between what the, the contemporary Mormons believe,
1: what the fundamentalist Mormons believe, and what Christians believe? Uh, in the book, we definitely compare and contrast mainstream Salt Lake City Mormonism with biblical Christianity in a very benign way. Uh, The FLDS, I don't touch them uh, except maybe on a couple parts, and the FLDS essentially have the same beliefs except for who the prophet is today and uh, why polygamy has been uh, taken out of practice. Those are really the only differences between the FLDS and the LDS, so I don't really talk about them too much. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much for the call, Joy. You know what? Your books are your book is so amazingly
5: authentic, and you lead the reader uh, logically through all of the steps of seeing how that church is organized. And I appreciated that so very much because I was raised LDS, and I walked out of the church several years ago. But um, it took. Brennan Manning <laughs> and his book on Ragamuffin and Gospel and his idea on grace to make me look at what Mormons believe grace is and what Christians believe grace is. And it's so awesome when you realize
1: that grace is God's true free, free gift. Praise God. So thanks, Sean. Thank you so much, Joy. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. An email from, of course, I knew we were going to get this when I talked about the Gay Pride uh, Festival down in Salt Lake City last week. This is from Dharma Courage. This is her name, Dharma Courage. She says, I was disappointed hearing you judge people that were participating in the Pride Parade. I guess the reason it rubs me so wrong to have judgment passed on others is that it is the same thing that Mormons do to each other and to people that aren't Mormons. It doesn't feel spiritual or Christian or good to me. I encourage you to investigate the sermons of the SR something, spiritual living something, and feel the love that emanates from Edward V. Josian's center. I would encourage you to move past the Mormon urge to be one up on your fellow man, uh, fellow human beings who travel their path on earth with their own set of circumstances. First of all, uh, Dharma, by the way, she signs it a past Mormon gal who is now happily Jewish So this is really quite the uh, ecumenical young lady or old lady. First, we all judge people, Dharma. And uh, you just judged me, for example, in your email. I don't know if you realize that. But I'm going to make judgments of men who, when I'm driving down the street to get to a destination, and they lift their clothes up and look at me and they rub their chest seductively, I can't help but make a judgment. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, we gotta make some kind of judgment. But there's a difference between judging and condemning. You didn't hear me say I condemn them, I, I don't like what they do, but I leave the condemning to God, okay? And so I hope you saw the nuance in that, that it wasn't, I wasn't condemnatory about who they are or where they're going after this life, but I was very judgmental of their actions. Finally, I would encourage you to get past your emotive, Uh, needs to understand truth that is very LDS Dharma and uh, When you rely on your feelings and the spiritual happy happy that you need in order to know truth You're not going to like this book that opens you up to truth It's not going to make you happy inside and so you're not going to read it and therefore you're not going to come to know God's truth so I hope that helps but you have cut your teeth on learning truth by how you feel that's what Mormonism inculcated into your life. And now you've gone out because Mormonism didn't work for you, and you are you call yourself Dharma, a Mormon gal who's now happily Jewish, who loves gay parades. I feel sorry for you in that sense. All right, let's go to uh, Beverly in West Valley City. Beverly, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi, Sean. Hi, Beverly.
5: I love your ministry. Thank you. I I have a question, or... More of a statement. A friend of mine was—he's Mormon—and he was going through your material, and his wife found out, and she went to her bishop, and he—her bishop told him her to tell her husband that if he didn't stay strong to the Mormon Church, they would have to get a divorce. Wow. What is your feelings on that?
1: I think that they uh, preach family, they teach family and they say everything uh, publicly about family, but I have personally experienced that when one spouse or another decides to leave Mormonism, the bishops will often, almost always, in my experience and from what I've heard, and the stake presidents will say, leave them. Because especially when it's a husband who's going awry and the wife is left behind because they're probably scratching their head and thinking, well, you know, maybe I can make her one of mine later on in the eternities when polygamy is reinstated. Uh, We smile and smirk at that notion, but it is absolutely the truth. So they claim to be for families, but those families have to be nucleus LDS believers. Once they start splitting up within the marriage... You're gonna find the church turn on whoever is seeking, and they will support the woman or the husband to get out of that marriage. Wow. Pretty sick, huh? That is
5: sick. Yeah. You
1: know, at
5: least our, at least God doesn't judge us like that.
1: Thank goodness. Isn't, isn't that true?
5: That's right. Thanks Getting for the you, Sean and God bless you.
1: Thanks, Beverly. Thanks for the call. Bye bye. We're going to Alex and Orem. Alex, you're on Heart of the Matter.
6: Hey, I spoke to you about six or seven weeks ago, Sean. I love your show. Thanks. Uh, if you remember, I was the guy that called up with about fifty-three seconds left. You told me to make it quick. I told you if you knew your Ten Commandments, your Eight Beatitudes, and your Seven Deadly Sins. I have a report from the field, by the way. Yes. Uh, it seems to me that very few LDS people actually know any of those. Yeah. Very few, especially the Seven Deadly Sins that I told you. Uh, Some lady came on the morning show and was interviewed by Matt Lauer, and it was kind of interesting to see where the seven uh, kind of landed throughout the United States. So uh, I I called you back then about that. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but i got another subject to talk about tonight.
1: Let's let's go with that one,
6: the new one. The new one, okay. Well, the new one is that uh, over the last three or four weeks, I've seen you kind of mock the uh, Mormon folk for... uh, uh, for For example, the kids are deacons, and you went into the Bible and you cited that kids uh, can't possibly be deacons, they have to be married only once, they have to be sober, responsible men, and all this type of example that it gives in the Bible, right? Right. And then uh, you go into the Old Testament and you make a good example that the uh, priests were uh, kind of unique, you know that a priest was, um, you know, uh, for example, Isaiah, I'm a man of unclean lips. He was a priest, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. That these are highfalutin positions, wouldn't you say? I would. You would, and that they have it as a very common, very common type of thing. You know, it's it's almost uh, uh, it's blasphemy. I I don't know. It's it's mocking the uh, position and the titles that were held over hundreds and thousands of years. Don't you think? I do. You do. Okay. In a more recent week, you talked about the common priesthood the common priesthood that the uh, kind of Jesus gives us yes and that uh, we're all priests and that uh, for example if I was to take somebody in, in the public that wasn't baptized even though I'm not I'm, the, I'm the just a regular Joe up the street Sean right? and I can baptize them I suppose it's because Christ has given me the authority to do such a thing
1: you suppose correctly
6: I suppose correctly okay I'm going to go to the last conclusion here with you. Last week, you had a call from a lady, and I don't know if she was ex or what she was, but she kind of struck me in her conversation to you, and it seemed like you were kind of stroking each other a little bit in your conversation, that uh, she was was like a healer or some such thing. Okay. Do you remember the conversation? Vaguely. Vaguely. Okay. Uh, Well... I gotta tell you, what do you think the example of the Twelve Apostles and what do you think the example of Peter was when Jesus walked the planet?
1: I don't understand the question. You don't understand the question. What do I think the example of Peter and the Apostles was when Jesus walked the planet? Right.
6: In other words, there are explicit things said in the Bible, and then there are implicit things said in the Bible, by action in other words. Okay. And it seems to me that there are very large and implicit examples sometimes made that are not part of written scripture. Okay. Okay, you you, you're you running with me at this point.
1: I'm walking I slowly. I then
6: uh, kind of run with this lady who called last week well, and, in my opinion, passed
1: herself off as some kind of um, priest. Well, she passed seems herself off as having the gift of healing, and there is no difference when it comes to the uh, spiritual gifts uh, uh, between male and female, none. So that's why I gave her the benefit of the doubt. She doesn't have to have some holy priesthood in order to have the gift of healing. She could be a healer. She could be a prophetess. A
6: prophetess. Okay, well, I'll tell you another thing where I'm coming from. I think that the greatest person, period, to ever walk the planet was Mother Mary.
1: Whoa, we we just did a major shift here. Uh, are you including Sorry. Jesus in that? Well, I don't consider Jesus to be a regular guy. Do you? Yes. He was all man and all God. Yes. He was God. Well, I, I would put it all God first and all man second. So you're excluding? I believe that Jesus was God first and man second. Hey, Alex, you know, you and I need to sit down uh, in a park and kick back and talk for a while. Uh, because on the show you you seems like you're very articulate you have a lot of thoughts but just for the show for continuity's sake and speed we got to keep it going
6: you got to keep it going but someday hopefully you'll be able to address such matters and you'll give me an answer as to why Jesus chose 12 men and chose a hierarchy by choosing Peter to be the leader of them
1: well that's uh, disputable and we can talk about that sometime i think i can shoot you down john I believe you probably could shoot me down. You have a good one. Two brother. Bye-bye. Take yeah. care. All right, we're going to Magda in Salt Lake City. Magda, you're on Heart of the Matter.
4: Hi, Sean.
1: Hi, Magda. I
4: have a story to share with you. Okay. Um, A few of my friends and uh, my husband and I went over to Temple Square on Sunday. And after being invited in, we um, were going through the family preparedness section of it and then we asked if we could ask questions and when we asked about marriage in heaven question, um, the girl got really nervous and we basically got escorted out.
1: Again! Another Temple Square escort!
4: Three big men came in and escorted us out and we said, oh, well, we want to look at some more and he said, well, you can look some more over here and pointed to the door.
1: Wow. And and really, are you really painting it the way it was, or were you like saying, listen, there's no marriage in heaven, screaming, or were you just really just talking nicely?
4: Oh, no, we were nice. We were nice. Um, We asked a couple questions that the girl couldn't answer as far as how the Bible says there will be no marriage in heaven.
1: Mm -hmm. And, And
4: she said, well, that's why you have to get married on earth. And I said, what about the single people? And she said, well, too bad for them.
1: Ooh, a loving LDS leader at yeah. the Temple so Square. Was,
4: she left the room and lied to say she was going to go get her Bible and came back with no Bible, but three big men entered a second later.
1: Oh, uh, you know, we were having a conversation earlier about this, and I was telling my 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 friend that, hey, they'll lead you out. You start asking too hard of questions. Do you see, because...
5: I, I-
4: believe it until i saw it so i thought i'd share with everyone who is thinking about going to temple
5: square
1: that is an excellent call and let me magda also invite our audience whether you're watching anywhere in the united states or the world when you come to salt lake city and you make the tour at temple square make sure you ask the hard questions they only have so many large men i mean and and if we get some guys who can run we can just be running around and yelling stuff and chaos just kidding just kidding thanks for the call Thanks, bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you know what they do? It's kind of like Star Wars. You know how they're programmed to, to respond to certain things? And uh, when they, you ask them a certain question that fits in with what they're supposed to say, they're able to go along with it. And, and so what do you think about families? Well, families are forever. And what about marriage? Well, they're sealed for time and all eternity. But Jesus says, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, wait a minute. And they get the big haunch guys to throw you out. So, uh, you know, we laugh at this stuff, but it really is true. And it's kind of sad, you know. So let's go on to uh, Deborah in Brigham City. Deborah, you're on Heart of the Matter. Heart of the Matter. Hello, uh, Deborah. How are you? You're on the air. Well, praise God.
5: I would like to thank you and praise God. But there was a question earlier in the program regarding why should I buy? I was a born-again Mormon. Oh. I must tell you, being a born Christian and a renewed Christian, and after your beautiful um, presentation to us in Brigham City, um, I have never been more blessed in my entire life not to look at Joseph Smith as like some kind of demonic guy. Um, I have never in my life seen more of the love of our Lord Jesus Christ I mean, I'm a reader, okay, so I don't want to try to impress anyone, but, you know, I mean, through over 200 pages since Monday night and I've got a life and I work hard, I I am so blessed by hearing the Word of God, the salvation by Jesus' blood,
1: <laughs> well.
5: and, 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 and having more of a loving spirit for Joseph's
0: even, you
5: know? I mean, we know it's not right by God I don't know, but I just got to say to that guy, Oh, would you sell that? You give that guy my number, um, email me and I will pay you and send him one.
1: <laughs> All right, there De- thanks for the for the uh for the promotion. That's very nice. Okay. I really appreciate it thanks for calling. You're welcome and
5: God bless.
1: God bless you. Yeah. Bye bye. We didn't set those up. All you cynics are going to say we did. I did not tell anybody to call. I was just in response to that one thing. Listen, uh, someone sent me this. uh, Pastor Matt Hannon in New Heights, Vancouver, Washington, said something really good. He said, when a person accepts Jesus as their personal Savior and are born again, God takes their picture and hangs it on his wall of family pictures. He says, now I see you as I've always wanted to, Perfect. Only the blood of Christ covers our sins, so he sees us as justified, not by anything we do. Then it's up to us to live our lives, so we become as he sees us, through our works of faith, which is sanctification. This was a good example of the difference between justification, which is immediate, and you are saved in the kingdom of God to live with God or and uh, sanctification, which is processional, and it occurs over the period of a lifetime. And there's another side to sanctification we can talk about another time. We're going to Jason Sumter in South Carolina on line three. Jason, you're on Heart of the Matter.
0: Hey, Sean. How you doing, my brother?
1: Doing well. How are you doing?
0: Man, I'm doing all right, I reckon. Hey, uh, I just got a real quick uh, scripture here uh, for the LDS watchers tonight. Okay. And uh, it's concerning. I've been talking with a lot of LDS uh, folks about this i know what they believe about jesus Uh, in revelation chapter 22 verses 12 and 13 jesus is at the very end of the word uh, jesus is talking uh, to john He's talking to the church through john and uh, he says you know behold i'm coming quickly and everything verse 13 he says and this is jesus because the words are in red. i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end the first, then, and the last. Uh, and I just wanted, you know, that the LDS people would consider that verse and think, why would Jesus call himself the Alpha and the Omega if he was merely just a created spiritual child like the rest of us?
1: Great question. I'm sure it's seeds in a Latter-day Saint's heart or it's brought people to actually open their eyes tonight. Really appreciate it, Jason. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Uh, Bettina from California sent a, uh, thought that she took from a popular talk show host uh, nationally. And it was about how overweight people are often very afraid to go into health clubs and to work out because everybody in the health club are fit and buff and look so great and, and the overweight people go in there and they feel embarrassed and they're ashamed and they, they don't know how to do everything and they're out of shape, etc. And she made the comparison about how that's how it was in the LDS church. It's not a place for sinners. It's a place for people who present themselves as perfect. And so you go in and when you have trouble and you are out of shape and you can't exercise up with the par, you have the rest of those uh, people in the tight white shirts and, and ties and the and, and all their holiness looking down on you. It's perfectly a pharisaical system. And so I thought that that comparison from Bettina in California was very good. Let's go to Tom in Lehigh, first-time caller. Tom, you're on Heart of the Matter.
0: Sean, hey, uh, you were my ordaining minister at my wedding.
1: Yes, Tom, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, how are you? I'm doing well. Good question.
6: Hey, if... Mormons are such Christians. How come I can live in the city of Lehi, Manti, Moroni, Nephi, but not the city of Jesus? <laughs> I'm out.
1: Hey, that's a good one. But Thank you, Tom. That's a really a good question. Yeah, Mormonism through. That is really excellent, Tom. I didn't know when I married you, you had such a brain. Uh, (laughs) let's uh, go from several emails Uh, one is from, I'm sorry, it's a new from Catherine who speaks about how she came to know the truth of Mormonism and her sweet husband shed his garments a year and a half later after they were married in the temple and now he's a serious atheist Uh, that happens a lot, we talk about it a lot when you go from one totalist system and you find that it's faulty and it's lied to you you absolutely, as a defense mechanism almost, embrace nothingness, embrace a godless universe, and it is one of the fruits of Mormonism. We've said that from the beginning. Uh, her, my advice to you, my sister in the Lord, is to uh, be a great Christian wife. Pour out an abundance of love upon him. Let him see that the Lord Jesus is leading and guiding your life. On the same thing, Tiffany says, "I is there a God? Uh, I don't... Really appreciate the answer, pray about it, and you'll know since there are people who pray about things and uh, come out convinced of something completely different. I'm really struggling with these issues. We get these emails all the time. And then we have another one from someone who says, Thanks for the uh, show, uh, that she and her walk in finding Jesus was like my wife's, who was on the show a few weeks ago that it took a long time for her to understand that she was born again. But she writes, now I know I am saved. Now, how does that happen? I think this all coalesces together. Is there a God? How do you reach the atheist? How can I know? And a lot of people say, you can't know. And I want to just read one verse to you here, and it's in 1 John 5, verse 13. And it says, John writes, These things I have written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may know that you have eternal life. Now people will say, that's so arrogant for, for people when they say, I know I'm saved, I know I'm saved. You know, it, is a matter of, it isn't a matter of arrogance. It's a matter of saying, I have spiritually been given the information that I know I'm saved because of what the word says, that Jesus, that God is true to his promises. He has promised you, That if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, he has promised you that you will have eternal life. And you will come to know that you, when you die, regardless of how bad or good you have lived, because of your faith, you will live with God. That is the knowledge that transcends everything. I would give everything to have that knowledge. I have that knowledge now because the Lord Jesus, I was able to receive him. But just know, you can know. You can know. And the LDS will say, you can't know. You've got to work your whole life on that treadmill called Mormonism. You've got to do your temple work. You've got to do your home teaching. You've got to pay your tithes. You've got to have that perfect home. You've got to go on missions. You've got to hold the priesthood. You've got to go to Relief Society. Yada, yada, yada. And you never know. You're never certain. And that is called bondage. That is called a living hell. You can be free from that if you just take the test, the challenge that we always give to you, and that is go to the Lord in your private prayer closet, in your car, and just say, Lord Jesus, dear God, please forgive me of my sin. I want to know you. Come and tell me who you are, let me know you, like this guy on this TV show talks about. I wanna know you, show yourself to me, and I promise you, you will get ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to feel, and you will come to know the true and living God over the false religiosity that has existed in this state for far too long. We've got one minute left. I'm gonna take a quick call from Lou in uh, Provo. Lou, you've only got 25 seconds. I'll call another time. Grumpy. Let's go to Doug. 25, 20 seconds.
0: Uh, that's what happened last time when I called. You said you'd give me time to, to talk this day, but I didn't get. I couldn't get in.
1: Well, Doug, I've uh, talked to you through email. Why
5: you e- felt uneasy about that video. What's that? I
0: wanted you to
1: tell us why you felt uneasy about that video. Because I, I, the arguments aren't really fun. I like to, but it wasn't too bad of one. I just felt uneasy because I thought it was going to go into a really ugly argument, Doug. Hey, let's talk about this again. Call back another time. We have more time. Listen, hey, uh, join us next week here on Heart of the Matter. See you then.
0: I'm going to Paris. I'm going to break my, I'm going to break my rusty cage.